How's everybody doing tonight? You guys good? Has he been good to you? He's been good to me. He's been good to me. Amen, amen, amen. All right. We ain't going to waste no time. We're going to get right down to business. We're going to get right into the word of God. Everybody turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 14, uh, chapter 4, verses 14 through 20. If you need a Bible, we can, uh, we'll get one for you. If you need a Bible, just raise your hand. We'll make sure you have one. All right. Everybody's good? Good. Mark chapter 4. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Mark chapter 4, 14 through 20. And I'm going to be reading in the Amplified Version. Um, I just want to say this, you know, um, this is what God has been uh, impressing on my heart, you know. One of my, one of my, uh, one of my main goals for this year is to give you the tools that you need to make 2020 the best year that you've ever had. And I put here, you know, but the only way to do that is to teach you what may have hindered you from being successful in previous years. Bottom line, if you don't know what went wrong, you'll never be able to make it right. That's the bottom line. So as I talk to you tonight, I want you to try to locate yourself in what I'm saying, you know. This is not the time to be defensive. You know, we get defensive sometimes. We hear the words, you know. And bottom line is, you know, if, uh, if it's you, just say, ouch. <laughs> and just, uh, you know, do what, it need, do what you need to do to make the correction. And I put here, so as I talk about this tonight, again, try to locate yourself. And this is about you and I examining ourselves to locate our weaknesses. And I was thinking about this today. You know, life is about making adjustments. Sometimes just little small tweaks, you know. And uh, I was thinking, you know, you could, do, you could be doing almost everything right. But you could be doing something wrong. And that thing that you're doing wrong could be hindering you, holding you back from maximizing your full potential. Does that make sense? That's what I was thinking about today, you know. So it's about making little adjustments, you know. As you see things, as you hear different things, you know, you, you oh, that's, uh, that's an area. I need to tweak that. And as you, you tweak that, you can become, you know, more, you can start maximizing more of your potential. Amen. So in Mark chapter 4, again, we're reading 14 through 20. I'm reading the Amplified Version. Now, this is the parable of the sower that Jesus begins to talk about. And so he says, uh, he starts off with just simply saying, the sower sows the word, you know. So I want you to understand this, first of all, that the, the word of God is seed. You know what I'm saying? The word of God is seed. So the sower sows the word. So tonight, I'm the sower. You know, I'm sowing the word. I'm scattering word seed. Right? So if I'm sowing seed, then that means that you're ground. Right? And I'm sowing. I'm sowing. The sower sows the word. As I'm ministering the word of God, I'm sowing seeds. I'm just sowing, scattering them. And so he says, you know, as the sower sows the word, he says, the ones along the path are those who have the word sown in their hearts. But when they hear, Satan comes at once and by force takes away the message which is sown into them. Right. So you have that type of ground. Right. And he goes on to say, and in the same way, 
The ones sown upon stony ground are those who, when they hear the word, at once receive and accept and welcome it with joy, and they have no real root in themselves. And so they endure for a little while. Then when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, they immediately are offended. They become displeased, indignant, and resentful, and they stumble away and fall. And then it says, and the ones sown among the thorns are others who hear the word. Then the cares and the anxieties of the world and the distractions of this age and the pleasure and delight and false glamour and deceitfulness of riches and the craving and passionate desire for other things creep in and it chokes and it suffocates the word and it becomes fruitless. And then there's a, there are those that are sown on good ground, right? And they are the ones who hear the word. They receive the word, they accept it and welcome it. And then they bear fruit. And it goes on to say, and even these individuals, some 30 times as much as was sown, some 60 times as much, and some 100 times as much as was sown. Okay, so now let me just start dissecting this a little bit. So again, the Bible says that the sower sows the word. So now again, right now at this moment, moment I'm the sower and I'm sowing the word of God into you. This word that I'm about to sow into you has the power to completely change your life forever. And for the better. This word that I'm about to preach. The word has the ability to help you get, get whatever you want in life. If you're sick, it has the power to heal you. If you're broke, it has the power to prosper you. The word of God. If you're depressed, it has the power to bring you joy. If you're hopeless, it can give you faith and hope for a brighter future. It has the power to completely transform any situation you're currently going through or experiencing in life. The word of God, right? Now, there's nothing that the word of God can't heal you or deliver you from. Nothing. The word of God is completely backed by the power of the almighty God, and it is your golden ticket to success in life. No question about that. The word of God, right? And here I am sowing that word. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the sower sowing that word tonight, right? And you're, you're the ground that's receiving this word. Now, again, right now, I'm about to sow this word into you. And you are the ground that will either receive or reject the seed of the word of God. Right? You're the, you're the ground. So depending on how you receive the word of God will determine whether or not you receive the promises and the benefits that are attached to that word. I want you to listen really carefully here about what I'm trying to say tonight. Now, it's all up to you. I want you to understand that. Because the word of God, there's nothing wrong with the word of God. The Bible says that the word of God is incorruptible seed. That means that it cannot be penetrated. It cannot, be, it cannot decay. There's nothing wrong with the word of God. The word of God is full of power and is full of life. And it is backed by the power of the almighty God. The word of God is. So there's nothing wrong with the word. And I'm sowing it tonight. Now, what will determine whether or not you'll, you'll, you'll be able to cash in on the benefits of that word is what ground you decide to be. I'm going to keep on going here. Now, again, remember the word of God has the power to change every situation. But whether it changes your situation or not entirely depends on you 
and how you receive the word of God. Everyone that's present right now will have the opportunity to hear the word of God. But not everybody will receive it. Although you, you're going to hear it tonight. Everybody's going to receive it in different ways. Everyone present is having seed planting into them. But some of you will receive that seed while others will reject it. And this scripture shows us that there are four types of ground. And my question is to you is what type of ground are you? So you have to determine that. So I put this up here. Are you good ground? Right now, I believe that everybody here, I prophesy that you're good ground. That you're going to receive this word of God and you're going to begin to put it to use. And it's going to begin to bring forth fruit in your life. But let's just real talk real quickly talk about the different types of ground. See, based upon that, we see that, that there are 75% of people. That's amazing, right? 75% of the people will in some way, for varying reasons, reject the word of God. And it will produce nothing in their life. 75%. Only 25% of people will really receive the word of God. And see, people wonder, well, why is that person blessed, you know? See, it's not because God loves that person more than you. I said this last week. I said, you know, you know, God loves everybody equally. Everybody in this room. There's nobody in this room that he, he don't love me more because I'm the pastor. He loves everybody. You know what I'm saying? He, he, loves, he loves me just as much as you, just as much as he loves, you know, the guy that, that murdered 100 people. He loves that person too, just as much as he loves you. Because God's love is unconditional. It doesn't have conditions, you know. He don't, he don't say, well, you know, you're a bad guy, so I don't love you. It ain't like that with God. Because he is love. You know what I'm saying? He's the very essence of it. So it don't matter what you did or don't do. He loves you. He loves you anyway. Now, there are people that will, that will cash in on more of the promises of God because of what type of ground they are. That's the difference. It's not love. So get that out of your head. Don't think, well, you know, that person is blessed, so it means God loves them more. No, it's not that. It's that they, they receive the word of God in a particular way, and they do something with it. So let's look at these types of ground. So the first type of ground is wayside ground. Seed that's sowed by the wayside. And in Mark 4, 15, it says the one, one along the path or the wayside are those who have the word sown into their hearts. But when they hear it, Satan comes at once and by force takes away the message that's sown into them. So there's some people tonight that will hear the word of God and, and Satan will just immediately just come and snatch it away from them. Now, how does that happen? You know, bottom line is, see, wayside people, they hear the word of God. But the devil tells them, don't believe that. They're listening to the word of God right now, and the devil says, don't believe that. Or he says, that's not for you. <laughs> or, or he'll say something like, you know, how can God bless you? You remember what you did last night? <laughs> you know. 
See, he'll make you think that you're... I had a conversation with someone tonight, you know. They said, I just don't feel worthy. I said, well, you're not. (laughs) You don't deserve nothing. Neither do I. (laughs) Right. We don't deserve nothing. You know, we, we didn't earn anything. You know what I'm saying? Everything that we get is because Jesus paid the price. It ain't because we, we are so good. We're so, we're so beautiful, awesome people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We can't, we can't earn righteousness. Righteousness is something that's imputed. Like, I don't feel worthy. I don't feel worthy of this. You're not. <laughs> You're not. Simple. You know? If, and, if, and if you think you are, then you're definitely not. <laughs> if you think you deserve something, you definitely don't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, but, but, but see, but that's what the devil does. You're, you're not worthy. You're, see, you're no good. How can God bless you? You ain't no good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He tried to make you feel like you're not worthy. Well, again. If you ever think that you're worthy, if you ever think you deserve God's blessings because you're so good, then you don't deserve them at all. So, you know, or you say something like, you know, you're a loser, you're a bum, you know, you're nothing. Why would God bless you? You know, see, he'll, he'll, he'll try to, see, that's how he begins to try to take that word immediately. You hear that word? Oh, yeah, God's going to bless you. Well, how's he? He ain't going to bless you. Ain't no good. You know, look out. Look out. What kind of person you are. You just curse somebody when you walked out the door tonight. How God going to bless you? You know? And you, you start believing that, and that's how the devil snatches the word out. It don't even have a chance to get on the inside of you. Because the devil, I mean, before it can even get on the inside of you, take it from you. Or, you know, or he'll get you offended with someone before you even walk out of here tonight. So-and-so didn't say hi to me. (laughs) What's her problem? She she thinks she all that, you know? (laughs) That devil crazy, man. I mean, you know, and and, and see, it it snatched the word from you. He ain't even got no chance to settle in because he, he just took it from you. And see, instead of feeding on that word, you feed on an offense. All you can, instead of thinking on what you got tonight, all you'll think about is what happened. What that person did or said or didn't say or didn't say, (laughs) you know. Instead of receiving the word of God, you become enraged over what happened. Either way, the word is gone. You can just forget it, you know. You're not thinking about what was said. And you lose out on cashing out and on the promises that God just gave you. See, wayside ground. Don't even get a chance to settle in. It just falls by the wayside. And then the devil swoops up and just takes that word. You go home tonight and be like, what'd you get? I don't know. <laughs> what the pastor say? I don't know. <laughs> He's talking about something, you know. <laughs> you know how the devil, know how the devil will steal the word from you? Distracting you distraction you know you'll be sitting there and you'll start thinking about what am I going to eat when I leave here (laughs) and see you're not thinking about you're not see you're not listening 
to the word. The, the, God is trying to talk to you. And you're thinking about, hey, what I got to do tomorrow? <laughs> I got to pay this bill. You know, you, 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 your mind is somewhere else. Physically, you're here. But your mind is, you know, somewhere else. And that's how the devil begins to snatch the word from you. Don't even have a chance to settle in. As I always tell people, when you're, when you're here, stay be focused. You know, listen with both ears. With one ear, you're listening to what I'm saying. The other ear, you're listening for God speaking to you. You sitting here, you know, you start, your mind starts wandering. You know, people are so easily distracted. If somebody opened that bathroom door, everybody be looking over there. See who's going into the bathroom. Don't worry about who's going in the bathroom. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We just get so distracted. Somebody walking that door, who coming in? You know, like, <laughs> listen, stay focused. You know what I'm saying? Something is being said that could change your life. And, 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 and see, the devil uses distraction to s- steal that word from you. You can't get it because he just, he just snatches it. So that's wayside ground. That's the first type of ground that won't receive the blessings of God. They can't because the word is taken. They ain't got a chance to use it. The second type of ground is stony ground. And in Mark 4, 16 through 17, it says, And in the same way, the ones sown upon stony ground are those who, when they hear the word, at once receive it and accept and welcome it with joy. And they have no real root in themselves. And so they endure for a little while. Then when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, they immediately are offended. They become displeased, indignant, resentful, and they stumble away and they fall away. Now, see, stony ground people represent people that have have not completely opened themselves to the word of God. They're still guarded. They've been wounded and hurt and find it difficult to let anyone in. They're distrusting of individuals, you know, and they want to believe what God said, but because of their past hurts, they can't hold on to the word of God. They're waiting for something to go wrong. (laughs) And because they're expecting something to go wrong, something does. You, You call it, you summons it. When you expect things to happen, they come to you. As the scripture says, trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, and they immediately become offended. I, f- I put here, see, never forget that the, that the word will always be challenged by the devil. He'll always challenge. Whatever you hear, the devil will always challenge it. He'll always try to throw something at you to get you to believe that the word isn't working and that it isn't true. Always. Troubling and persecution is a sign that the, that the word of God is working and that the devil's mad about it. So you'll hear something tonight, right? And then you'll go out of here and then that word will be attacked. Whatever you heard will be attacked. And then if you don't have any real root in yourself, then you're going to get a, you're going to offended at that word and say, see, I knew, I knew that that wasn't true. And see, that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to he wants to challenge that word and get you to disbelieve it. That's what happens to, to, to uh, you know, so many people, 
you know, you always got to, you know, uh, somebody used to say, Bishop Barber used to say, you know, how would you know it was God if the devil never raised his head? If the, if, if the devil never tried to challenge it, how would you know it's God? God? The devil will always try to challenge something that God speaks to you. And, and see, and, and you become stony ground because, see, it doesn't have a chance to get all the way in. You know, you're expecting something wrong to happen, and then it does. And then you say, see, I knew it. I, I knew it. I knew it. I knew that wasn't true. I know, I knew, I knew that, that 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 what he said that God was going to bless me. And I know that wasn't true. See all of these curses happening. See all of this situation happening to me. I knew it wasn't true. And that's what happens with people that are stony ground. Now, mind you, you know what's what's amazing about these grounds is that you know these are everybody here is hearing the same word. Ain't no different. Everybody here is hearing the same exact words I'm speaking tonight. But it's all about how you're receiving it. How are you getting it? How open are you to that word? That's why it's so important to open yourself up to God. You know, when he talks about, you know, he says, when you, when you, when you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Don't harden your heart when you hear his voice. If, you, if you're hard when you hear his voice... It'll never be able to get in. The word of God will never be able to change your life like he wants to. So those are stony ground. The stony ground, Christian. And the number three, because I'm moving along, is thorny ground. Thorny ground. Now in Mark 4, 18 through 19, it says, And the one sown among the thorns are others who hear the word. Then the cares and anxieties of the world and the distractions of the age and the pleasure and the delight and false glamour and deceitfulness of riches and the craving and passionate desire for other things, they creep in and choke and suffocate the word and it becomes fruitless. Now, I'm going to give you this scripture here. This, this scripture always blows my mind. In 2 Timothy uh, 4, 9 through 11, this is the Apostle Paul, right? Uh, we ain't talking about no... Uh, corner store preacher, right? We're talking about the, the man that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Everything that we know pretty much about our Christian walk, if, if, the most of it, the vast majority of it comes from what we read from the Apostle Paul. He's the man that penned and defined love. <laughs> he defined what love was. This is how intimate he was with God. Now you have this great man of God. You would think that if somebody was serving this man, I mean, they would never leave him. I mean, they'd be wanting to hang around him. But in 2 Timothy 4, 9 through 11, it says he's speaking to his spiritual son, Timothy. And he says, do thy diligence to come to me shortly. He said, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. And is departed unto Thessalonica. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Now, if you do your study, you'll see, you know, you'll see the Apostle Paul write about Demas and other scriptures. And talking about him as, you know, somebody that was with him in ministry. Now, Demas, for some reason, decides, I'm through with this stuff. I'm going back to the world. 
I'm going back to do. He's he's the he he has forsaken me. Having loved this present world. He fell in love with the things of this world. And he just said, you know, I can't I can't I can't follow you no more. man. I can't serve with you no more. And he went and did his own thing. Can you imagine that? And he says. And another man, Crescens has departed to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. He said, only Luke is with me. <laughs> he says, take Mark and bring him with you, for he is profitable for me for ministry. All these people are leaving him. The Apostle Paul. I mean, you talk about real man of God here. These guys just, just up and left him. Why? Having loved this present world. See, they were thorny ground Christians. See, this present world began to be more inviting to them. You know, it began to be more, they began to feel that the world had more to offer than God did. And so they went back to the world. In Hebrews 11, 24 to 26, now we look at the other side of that. Hebrews 11, 11, uh, Hebrews 11, 24 to 26. This is in the God's word translation. I love this. It says, when Moses grew up, faith led him to refuse to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to suffer with God's people rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a little while. <laughs> he thought that being insulted for Christ would be better than having the treasures of Egypt. He was looking ahead at his reward. See, that's the other side. You know, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He said, I'd rather suffer and be an affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. You know, you know sin, the pleasures of sin, sin is pleasurable. Because if it wasn't pleasurable, nobody would do it. <laughs> if it didn't feel good, nobody would do it. But the pleasures of sin only last for a season. Because sin makes a promise to you that it can't keep. You know what I'm saying? It can't, it can't sustain the promise. It can only make you feel good for a little while. See, when the, when the drug addict take this, takes his first hit, I mean, he feel like he's on top of the world until he takes enough of it. And that that drug you know, captures that person and they become addicted. Now they don't even really enjoy it. They just need it. <laughs> they can't live without it. And they'll, they'll, they'll take money out their mother's pocketbook to go get it. And, and, and rob people and do all kinds of crazy things. Anything to get it. See that's, that's, see, that's how sin works. It's pleasurable in the beginning. But then it, it grips you. So he said, I, I'd, rather, I'd rather suffer with the people of God. But the reason why is because he was looking ahead. He wasn't, he wasn't focused on this moment. He was looking ahead at the promise. See, see, the promises of God work in reverse than sin, right? Sin gives you a little payment up front. Feels good right now, you know, but then it destroys your life. Serving God is a little difficult right now in the beginning, but then it has a 
and as a reward, a lasting reward, an eternal reward. But most people choose to have pleasure now. Just give it to me now, the moment. So anyway, thorny ground people are those that have allowed this world to penetrate them. And even though they hear the word, the word of God is choked out by their passions for this world. The voice of other influences are louder than the voice of God in their lives. They feel that if they truly follow God, they won't be able to, you know, have fun anymore. <laughs> won't be able to enjoy my life no more. They won't be able to hang out anymore and do the things that they like to do, you know. And see, this love for the world hinders their walk with God. The word of God can't produce fruit in their life because the lifestyle hinders it from producing it. They believe that the world has much more to offer than what God does. But of course, that's just the deception of the devil because the pleasures of sin only last for a season. But when the season is over, destruction follows. Destruction follows. Heartache, pain. Any, anytime you go the path of sin, it'll start out, it'll start out good. It'll feel good. But it'll always lead to heartache and pain. You run after lust instead of love. Lust, see, lust feels like love in the beginning. <laughs> in the beginning, lust, it feels like love. But then when that, when that thing gets you, when lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, it brings forth death. It's artificial. The devil can't, see, the devil is a counterfeit. He can't give you love, so he gives you the counterfeit, lust. And everything that he does, he tries to throw a counterfeit at you because he wants, he, it, and it feels right. But you never, never trust your feelings. Never trust your feelings. Because your, your feelings, you could feel a, a million different ways in one day. You can never trust something that, that, that is so up and down. I mean, you know, you could be having the best day of your life. All it takes is one phone call to ruin your whole day. How can you trust something like that? How can you trust something like that? That just like, just like that is gone. <laughs> I don't care how good your day was. All you need is one bad phone call. So-and-so died, you know. Or, or the bill collector, you know, trying to, you know. <laughs> don't take one call. That's it. Just one call. Your day's ruined. I don't care how you could have been having the best day of your life. I don't care how good it was. Your day's gone. Whole, whole thing's ruined. And so the devil wants you to live by your feelings. And see, the voice of your, your flesh is, is his feelings. You know? I, feel, I, don't, I feel like this. I don't feel like that. Why don't you go to church? I don't feel like it. You know? Why don't you read the word of God? I don't feel like it. Why don't you pray? I just don't feel like it. You, know? you have sex? Yeah, I feel like that. <laughs> Drink a little something? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, anything that'll make you, make you feel good, that's what the flesh wants. And then, see, that's thorny ground. Because that thorny, thorny ground person is living by his feelings. You know, and, and what that does is it begins to choke the word of God. And it can't produce. 
I heard it. Yeah, I heard. I heard what you said. I heard what the scriptures say. But I just can't do that. I remember when I first, you know, I first, uh, I had a real experience with God. I was, I was 16 years old, 17, 16, 17 years old. I was at a, you know, I gave my life to Jesus in a tent meeting in Newark. And in that tent meeting, right after, you know, there's a, a story behind it, you know. But bottom line is, I went there, you know, looking for girls, you know, and my mom took me. And I went there, I said, I'm going to check out the girls that's there, you know. So here I am there, you know. And I'm sitting all the way in the back. I mean, like, all the way, you know. <laughs> I can't, like, all the way in the back. And I ain't paying attention to nothing nobody's saying, you know. I don't even know who was preaching or what they said. I'm just, I'm just kind of sitting there looking around, you know, like... <laughs> I never forget. I never forget it, you know. I'm just sitting there, you know. And I'm like, what is God talking about, you know? So then, you know, I'm sitting next to this little boy and his mom, you know, and they gave an altar call. And so, you know, the 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 woman said, "Will you take my son up there?" You know, and the little boy reached out his hand like that. <laughs> he had to be like seven, six, seven years old, you know. And I'm thinking, I'm taking him up there. He's taking me up there. You know what I'm saying? He's talking about a setup from God, man. So I go up in the front, you know, I give my life to Jesus. And then I came out of this big tent, and they, put, they went in this little tent, smaller tent. So I go inside there. It's the first time I was ever touched by God. And I'm 16, 17 years old, you know, and I had an experience, you know. And they start praying for people to get filled with the Holy Ghost. And, uh. I was just like had my eyes closed and my hands just raised all by themselves. And I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I began to speak in tongues right then and there. You know? And I, I mean, nobody touched me. Nobody laid hands on me. You know, I mean, the Holy Ghost just, I mean, fell on me, man. And I had an experience with God. And I remember, you know, I, I walked out of that place and I started telling my friends, I was like, man, I had an experience with God, you know. And I said, and I started thinking, I said, man, but I can't, I can't serve God yet, you know. I'm like, man, I can't, have no, I can't have sex no more. I can't, like, I can't, you know, I can't go to no parties. You know, I can't drink no more. I can't do nothing no more. I said, I can't, I can't do that. You know, I can't, I, I can't do it. See, that? I mean, I was, I was thorny ground. I had an experience with God. <laughs> I had experience with God. But I just, I couldn't give up this world. You know? Demons, he said, forsake me because he loved this present world. I mean, he was walking, he was, he was traveling with the great apostle Paul, but he's like, man, I just, you know, I just enjoy this world too much. And at that time of my life, I just enjoyed the world too much. <laughs> I was like, I can't. There was a, I, you know, there was a change. It was a difference. I, I was, it was, it, something happened to me and I, and I knew it did. So I knew God was real. I said, God, God is real, man. I know. I know God is real. I mean, can't nobody tell me even then that God wasn't real. Nobody could tell me that. I knew. I knew it was the real deal, you know. And I never forget, man. I remember. <laughs> I never forget, you know. I was, uh, I did something crazy one night. Went to this crazy party, you know. And it was like 3 o'clock in the morning, something like that. It was crazy. I'm, I'm walking up Central Avenue. And I'm, I'm walking up Central Avenue. And I, I get to um, Orange Park. And I went, I'm walking through Orange Park. And, man, I felt like something was going to happen to me. <laughs> like, I'm just in the park, and I'm like, something about to go down, man. Like, and I remember, see, now I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm saved, man. I'm filled, with, I'm filled with the Spirit. Now I'm doing my thing, but I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, you know. 
So I started praying in tongues. <laughs> I mean, I knew what to do, man. I, I knew what to do. I started praying in the Holy Ghost, man. I prayed in the Holy Ghost all the way home. I walked all the way from, from Orange Park to the other side of Park Avenue where I lived. Now, that's a walk. That's a good walk. I prayed in the Holy Ghost all the way home. I mean, so I knew God was real. But I just couldn't turn his world loose. I couldn't do it. I could not. I couldn't do it. I would do crazy things like, you know, like I had always had a sound system in my car. It cost more than my car. <laughs> always. I mean, I bought, you know, a car cost $1,000, man. My system cost $2,000, $3,000. Know? And I would just like, and I, I learned, that's how I learned how to work sound because I, I, I learned from my best friend's father how to set up, how to hook up car stereo systems. So I put my own car stereo systems in. So anyway, I'm sitting inside, you know, so Sunday will come. <laughs> and I'm riding with my friends. I'm like, we don't listen to that on Sunday, man. <laughs> Turn that thing off, man. We don't listen to that on Sundays, man. I ain't going to church. I ain't spending no time with God. But I'm like, it's Sundays, man. We ain't listening to that. <laughs> I cut it off for the whole day. Monday, going. The whole week. I cut it off for Sunday, though. We ain't listening to that on my car. My friend, me ride. What? Come on, man. Put the music on. Nah, we don't listen to that on Sunday, man. <laughs> so I knew God was, I mean, so, I mean, I knew he was real. He was working on me, you know. He was working on me. But I just couldn't get his world up. See, I was thorny ground. The word was, the, you know, the word was there. I knew, I knew what I should do. I knew what I should do. I just wouldn't do it. Couldn't turn it loose. So that's thorny ground, you know. It's choked by the love of this world. The love of riches, you know, the cares of other things. It's just, it suffocates the word of God. And it can't produce a harvest. Now, finally, I get ready to close. You have good ground. You know, finally, you got good ground. And it says, uh, in Mark 4.20, it says, And those sown on the good soil or good ground are the ones who hear the word of God. And receive it and accept it and welcome it. And he bear fruit. But this is the amazing thing. Some 30 times as much as sown, some 60 times as much, and some even 100 times as much. So finally, we have the good ground, Christian, right? They hear the word of God, they believe it, and they begin to practice it. And as a result, they begin to reap a harvest from it. But the amazing thing is, is that even good ground Christians... They reap to ver at varying degrees. You have the 30-fold, right? And I put here, you know, see, 30-fold believe some of the word of God. <laughs> and the part they believe produces a harvest for them. I know people that just believe certain parts. They don't believe the whole Bible. They believe some parts, though. And a part that they, see, you got, you got people that believe in holiness but don't believe in prosperity. So they live right, but they poor. <laughs> you know, they broke because they don't believe that, that God will prosper. And some people that take vows of poverty, <laughs> you know, 
I mean, crazy stuff, you know. And some people believe in, in, in being prosperous, but don't believe that God will heal them. So they, they, don't, they, don't, they don't use the word of God to, for, for healing in their physical body because they don't believe it. So you have some people that just will believe certain parts and they receive that. And the part that they receive will work for them. I mean, it'll work. They put it to practice and it works. But then, the, the, but then they have parts of it that they just don't believe. And as a result, they don't, they don't bring forth no harvest. And, I, you know, again, they may believe in living right, but they don't believe that God will heal or bless them financially. Or they believe in prosperity but can't live right. And some people that believe in prosperity but won't but live like the devil. You know, that's one thing, right? You could, be, you, could, you, could, you could believe in prosperity, right, and be a giver. And God will bless you financially. And you can live like the devil. Now, that won't get you into heaven. Because <laughs> you can't live, live like the devil and go to heaven. <laughs> but that was one of the things that, that see, God didn't put, no, put a hook on it. Give, and it shall be given. He didn't say you got to live right. You just said give. You know, if you if you honor if you honor God, He'll He'll prosper you financially. That's a great example, right? You got some people that are just philanthropic, and they just give. They don't believe in God. They just give. You know, and as a result, they get blessed. They get money, but they don't believe in God. They don't believe in living right. Now again, that you know, they'll be in this world. But they ain't making it to this next life because you can't live like the devil and go to heaven. But the part that they believe, it works them. You know, if you read most of, if you read most of the, uh, uh, you know, financial books and stuff like that, they ain't thinking about God. But they use a lot of biblical principles. And because they, they follow biblical principles, they reap the benefits of it. There's a whole lot of people that make a whole lot of money, but they ain't living, they ain't living for God. And they, but they believe in, in giving. Like they'll give to people that are starving in other countries, and they'll put money here, and they'll bless people there and stuff like that. But they, and they, and they, and they, they believe in being good people, but they don't believe that they have to get saved. They don't believe that, they believe that being good is good enough. Will I give? Will I help this person? I help these people, you know? I, I, you know, I, I gave all this money to this shelter. They believe in that stuff. And as a result, they, they you know, God didn't put no hook on it. They get, they get financially blessed. But again, that's only good in this life. So bottom line is, see, you know, they practice what they believe. And they can be successful in that area. But because of this, they are falling 70% short of God's best. 30, 30 fold. Then you have the 60 folder, right? They believe majority of the word of God. <laughs> You'll see them prosper in many different areas of their life because they're practicing more of what they're hearing and reading. As a result, they have a lot of things going for them. But the bottom line is they're still falling short 40%. Finally, you have the 100 fold Christian. 
And they have prosperity flowing in every area of their life. They believe and put into practice everything that the Bible says. They're fruitful in every area of their life. Nothing's broken, lacking, or missing in their life. Now, I wish I could say that I knew people that lived there. <laughs> or, that I, or that I myself was a hundredfold Christian. <laughs> but bottom line is I'm striving to be there. But I, I can't say that I, I can't say I'm a hundredfold. You know what I'm saying? I, can, I, can't, I can't say that I got everything flowing. I'm striving for it. I'm working towards that mark. You know, and trying to get closer and closer every day. But we all have, you know, level, areas where we fall short. And where we're trying to get better and improve. But the bottom line is, you know, Every day, you gotta. That's why little tweaks. And see, the thing about about God that's amazing is that, see, He won't He won't just kind of, if He show you everything that was wrong with you at one time, you you won't be able to handle it. <laughs> you probably fall out, you know. <laughs> so God, so God just kind of, you know, little by little, you know, He'll hit you with one thing. And say, okay, now we're gonna work on this area. <laughs> then couple of months from now, maybe even next year, he'd be like, okay, we're going to work on this area, <laughs> you know? He just kind of, you know, little by little. And, and, and see, a lot, of, a lot of what we believe and don't believe, it, 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 it ties to how we were brought up. Because a lot of what you learned growing up can hinder you when you're trying to, you know, get the word of God. You know, a lot of people struggle because they have poor relationships with their father. And, you know, now we're, gonna, now, we, now we're calling him father. But I don't know what that looks like. <laughs> I, don't know, I, don't know what, I don't know what having a, having a good father, having a father looks like. So, so it's difficult now for me to be able to embrace that. You know what I'm saying? I have to, I have to break through, you know, what I've experienced in life to be able to receive him now as my father you know what I'm saying so it could be that or 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 some mess that someone told you when somebody could have told you you're stupid you're never gonna be anybody now you gotta push you gotta fight through that in order to become somebody you know what I'm saying so now when you hear when you hear I, I knew I knew somebody you know that someone when she was younger told her she was ugly it was somebody that she had a crush on, told her she was ugly. And now, very beautiful young lady, but now, she, I don't care how much you tell her she's beautiful, she don't believe it. That one person ruined it. Now, now she has to fight through that, you know, break through that in order to actually believe that she's not ugly. And that could happen, it could be, it could be been a teacher. You know, told you, see, you, you're just stupid. You don't never, you can't never get nothing. You know, and then, and you receive that. And now God tells you, you can do all things. When somebody told you, you can't do anything. And now you have to receive what God says as opposed to what somebody said to you. Especially someone that had, that, that, that was an authority figure. Or someone that has some type of an influence in your life. It could have been a parent. So those things can kind of begin to hinder you from receiving what God is, is trying to get over to. 
And see, it stops you from being that hundredfold Christian that, you, that you're striving to be. So I'm telling you, I'm saying this because we got to start thinking. We have to, you know, the Bible says that, you know, he will not have us to be ignorant of the devil's devices. See, he don't want you to be ignorant. See, because if you don't, if you see, see, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed because of ignorance. They don't know. See, now, if you don't know what areas the devil is trying to attack you in, then you can't, you can't come out of that you can't get better you know what I'm saying you need to be see he said I want you to be ignorant what he's saying is I want you to recognize when he does something I want you to be able to say oh this is what the devil's trying to do right now he's trying to discourage me see oh he's trying to steal the word of God before it can take root you know oh he's trying to he's trying to discourage me you know by attacking the word of God but I know he's doing that so now I know God must be working for me. And this is, you know, so I'm not going to give up on the word of God. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, you'll start thinking about, you know, well, you need, to, you need to come back over here. You need to start messing around with this man or woman again or do this or whatever. And, and allow the, the devil to pull you back into something that God delivered you from. So that the devil doesn't begin to allow, so that, so that you don't become thorny ground. You begin to chirp that word in your life. So this is the year for you to learn, for you to become good ground. And when you hear the word of God, you're like, I received that. I believe that. And there's nothing that the enemy can do to steal this away from me. I received this word. This word is mine. See, because if you, if you allow the word of God to work in your life, it will work. It'll work if you work it. You just got to work that word, but it will work. But I'm going to tell you now, not without a challenge, not without a fight. Because the devil will fight you tooth and toenail for everything that you're going to get in God. He is not going to roll over because you heard a good message. <laughs> He's going to fight you for it. But if you hold on and you remain in a fight and you overcome, it will work for you. All right, we're going to close right here. Everybody just lift your hands to Jesus. We're going to close. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for speaking to us. Lord, I thank you, Father, that everybody here tonight, I prophesy of their life for 2020 that they are good ground, that they're going to hear the word of God, that they're going to believe the word of God, that they're going to receive the word of God, that they're going to put it to work and that it will begin to produce a harvest in their life. I decree over our people that they are not wayside ground. They're not stony ground. They're not thorny ground. But they are good ground. Good ground that produce hundredfold harvests. They become blessed beyond measure because they Allow the word of God to get on deep on the inside of them and to begin to produce that beautiful harvest that only the word of God can produce. 
Whatever area that we are struggling with in life, all we need to do is find that word seed in the Bible and begin to put it to work in our lives. And it will begin to produce the harvest that we need. And Father, for it, we just thank you and we bless you. We give you praise, glory. We give you honor. I thank you for all of these, for the beautiful people that have come out here tonight that have heard this word. And I decree over their lives that it will not go in one ear and out the other, that they won't be forgetful hearers of the word, but doers of the word. <clears throat> that this word will change their life forever. And for it, Father, we thank you and we bless you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's just give Jesus a praise for his word. <clears throat> amen. Amen, 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 amen. All right. We're going to get ready to get out of here, but what we're going to do, we're going to worship God here with tithes and with offerings and with special giving. You know, the Bible says to honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all of your increase. So shall your barns, they'll be filled with plenty. Your presses, they'll burst out with new wine. Now, again, the word of God is incorruptible seed. If you're struggling financially, you need to learn how to give. Like I mentioned, there's some people that give. They don't even know God. Can you imagine if you give and you know God? <laughs> and I was mentioning Sunday that you should make a deal with God this year. You know, when Jacob was leaving from his home on a run from his brother, he had an encounter with God. And as he had that encounter with God, he said, He told God, if you'll be with me, if you'll keep me in all your ways, if you'll give me food to eat, clothing to wear. And he said, if you'll bring me back home safely, he said to him, then you'll be my God. And he said, everything you give me, I'll give you a tenth. I'll give you 10% of it. He comes back home 20 years later and he says to God, I'm not worthy of the least blessings that you've given me. He said, when I left here, I had a stick in my hand. He says, now I'm two armies full of people. See, he made a deal with God that he was going to honor him with a 10% of everything he got. And because he did that, God blessed him so mightily that he had everything he could ever ask for and hope for. I'm believing that our people need to honor God this year that don't. Starting this month, all the way through the end of the month, the end of the year. If you do that, I believe God will turn your financial situation around for your good and for your better. Amen. 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 All right. Everybody stand up on your feet. I'm going to bless you. Well, glory. Now may the Lord bless you, keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you, be gracious and merciful and kind to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his holy peace in Jesus' matchless name. I want anybody to say, I'm blessed and I can't be cursed in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. The Lord bless you. I love you. See you on Sunday at 10 a.m. Love you much. God bless you. <laughs>